On this week's episode of Talk With Jay, we're all the way from Ireland to Australia, talking to Ireland's Oils, John Reaney, or as people do call him, J.R. John was a club senior footballer and hoarder for the Oils before he emigrated to Australia and settled down. John's passion and love for J.A. didn't stop when he left Ireland. He managed to set up a gale himself while also working full-time in the construction sector. John, you're very welcome. How are you keeping? Yeah, good, Jason. Thanks for that. Thanks for having me on. No problem. The The connection is, is working out, out okay, so hopefully for the next hour or so, there'll be no, there'll be no fumbles, as they say. <laughs> no. How are you keeping? Yeah, good. Um, it's coming into winter now. Um, we've obviously had no football or horn or no local AFL or anything like that, just like everywhere else around the world. Um it was about 11 degrees today, which is pretty cold. Right. But um, signs are looking all right here in Australia. Um, I suppose I like the States, um, the United States, uh, in, in terms of the uh, the state. There's like seven or eight different states here in Australia. And so Darwin is Northern Territory, and they're kind of, they've had no new cases in four weeks. So it looks like they'll be back to, um, you know, groups no. of 10, going to the club, cafes, Next week, so things are looking up. Things are looking okay here. Good. It's a. Uh, it's it's really scary. It's and different parts of the world. There's actually no part of the world that's not affected. I don't, I don't think. No, and I don't. Yeah, we've been pretty lucky here in Australia. There's only yet. Just I know it's bad, but there's only been ninety deaths in total so far. Um. So it's 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 not it's not so bad here. When you went over to Australia, um, what uh, what was your first impression of the place? Um, I first I got I, I landed in Brisbane. Um, it was pretty warm, <laughs> pretty warm, pretty big. Uh, so yeah, I, I I was in Brisbane and then Cairns, so I didn't really feel that Brisbane's kind of in near north north up the up the north of Australia, and it's 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 fairly warm. It doesn't really get the winter. The winters in in Brisbane are twenty two. 20 22 degrees so there's not much of a winter up there and then cairns i went up to cairns then to get my second year visa and i picked bananas up there for six months and yeah it's pretty hot up there during, during summer it's 38 39 degrees 40 degrees like 90 percent humidity what pretty was warm. the banana picking like <laughs> very different very different um <clears throat> you know you're um you're in, you're out you're out in the paddock all day. You're in and out with the you're in and out with the tractor. Um, so you, you, you like the huge look. It was a twenty thousand acre farm. Um, yeah, and it's just you're just picking bananas. It, it's not it, you're not exactly picking bananas. They're on a bunch, but each bunch right. weighs nearly could nearly weigh thirty or forty kilos. And you're you're picking you're picking twenty of them a trailer by about twelve trailers a day. So. You're on the go, and then there's rats and snakes and everything in the in the bananas. It's just it's crazy. That's what I was gonna ask. Do you actually see snakes and rats? Like... Oh yeah, yeah, all the time. Um, oh, all the time. You know, you 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 bring the bunches in, and then you tie them to a, you know, a conveyor belt, and then the, that picks it up, and then you have to take a bag off. You take the you un, you untie the bag, and then there could be a, a snake there just looking at you in the face. Like, but they're not. They're only green tree snakes, so they can't. Brown snakes, they can't. Oh, brown snakes are bad. The green snakes are all right. They they don't do anything to you. Well, I'll tell you what. If there was a snake looking at me, I wouldn't be saying he wouldn't do anything. 
No, well, <clears throat> you kind of the newcomers that come in, the the newcomers that come in every week or so to the farm, you kind of you play a few games with them and leave a few fake snakes in the bunches and just uh, run away and very just, good. Yeah, yeah. And so you're, yeah, you're then, 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 so what was that? Sorry, you're settled down in Australia. You're 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 yeah. life, are you? Yeah, very much so now. Yeah, um, married now, house. Young Jimmy's there, nearly a year old now. So. I'm pretty settled now in Australia, so yeah, <clears throat> I, I I I wouldn't say I'll be I'll be coming home anytime soon now. Sure, you, you you took that leap of faith, and now it's working. Yeah, out. it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, could have went. Could have went either way. Like um, I suppose when I when I got my second year visa and on the farm, um, I travelled down the east coast, like d- done all the Byron Bay and um, the Whit Sundays, like all the all the big backpacker things, um. So I got to Melbourne and then I suppose I was I was a bit low on cash as such. And then um, I was waiting on a, uh, a call for a job uh, through a bloke called Michael Clark. Uh, he played with the club years and years ago. He's at home now at the moment and he's in his, he's in his 70s, but he played with, he's probably best mates with Joe Bourne. Uh, right. Yeah, so <clears throat> I got, Joe actually gave me his number when I, when I went out to Australia, but I gave him a call and he was at home in Ireland and I was really struggling for cash and I was just about, like I was just sitting in the room there at the house and I was just about to call call home to book me a flight. This was this was eight or nine years ago or whatever. And um, yeah. so out of the blue, he just called me saying he was back and he said, yeah, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a lad. So he, he builds wardrobes, that's what I'm doing now. And um, I suppose, yeah, I, I got through Christmas and, then I just start. Then I just asked him, "Look, do you do sponsorship?" And he said, "Yeah, I'll sponsor you." And then, um, I suppose that was it. And then met Cecily, and then um, moved to Geelong, and yeah, that was it. So yeah, I was I was fairly close to coming home, uh, in a way. But um, I suppose these things these things work out in, in in other ways. So it was it was pretty good. Well, you 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 weren't mar- you weren't supposed to come home if you got that phone call. <laughs> well, that was it. Yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's crazy how life works out, isn't it? Yeah, a little 10-minute phone call instead of a 10-hour flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 24-hour uh, flight. I've never uh, I've never met you or come across you, but in the club, there's a lot of people seem to have great respect for you. Um, what's your first take on the... What's your take on the club? Um, I suppose... I've, I've, <sighs> In terms of the whole lot, like you as a kid and before yeah, I, before I left, if someone popped into the pub there in Australia and sat beside it and said, "What's it in Doyle like?" What would you tell them? <clears throat> um, I suppose listen to all the other um, all the other uh, guys and girls you had on there a while back. Um, I suppose yeah, like the working class. You know, you know when people say um, you know, all oh, the from Finglas and all oh, their own here in Doyle. Um, oh, watch out for them! Thing. I, I, I just think that's all. That's just jealousy, of 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 what we are as a club. Um, like it, it, you know. Um, social media works in bad ways and good ways. But like I'm always on there. I'm always on Facebook and you know, seeing Aaron's oil posts pop up and the stuff that's going on now with the the new pitch and outside the gate and the walk that they've done in 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 the inside the club. You know, it's it's fantastic to see, and, and the future's the future's looking good. Like, like when I left, 
you know, talking to a few boys there uh, and the way we're going, like we're getting relegated, senior getting relegated, holding getting relegated and things weren't, things weren't looking too good there for a while, but it seems to have turned around in a good way, um, yeah. which, which is great to see and great to hear. Yeah, there, there is a false persona there of a, uh, of clubs like, like the Ireland's Oil, uh, the Kieran's, the Crumlin's, that exactly. there's a, there, there is a, there is a false persona there. I'll definitely agree with that. Um, oh, exactly. They, they, they don't know. They, they only see, they only see like they might see a lad getting sent off or something odd, like you know, Aaron's oil fingers, you know, off, yeah, you know, this type of thing. It's, it's all, it's all like it's, you know, it's just all. It's I, I just think it's all just down to jealousy. They're just jealous of what we have. And they so. want it. You should have played a paragon, should you? Boy. By the rules of the GEA and, and playing for the team in your parish, I should have played for Perigold, yeah, but um, Mick, my dad, had other uh, other uh, other ideas as such. Um, <clears throat> now, he always says that he didn't know anybody in Perigold, so he didn't he didn't want to bring me over there, but boy, like, in time, you just think, oh, that was just an excuse to just get me over playing for the Oils, um, yeah. which which I, I, I love. To be, like, I, I love playing. I, I, I didn't know. Obviously, I didn't know anyone. In Perigons either, but and where I am, Blanchestown, Whitestown, that's just oh my. Even though Perigons was ten minutes away, like we were all soccer. All my mates played soccer, and um, we was the only one who played game football, game of football in Holland. Um, so I had a bit of a, I had a bit of a trek to go over to Aaron's Oil on a on a Saturday morning, as such because Dad had no car. So, and we trained, we trained Saturday mornings as 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 they still do now and. Like the first bus on a Saturday morning from Blanche to Fingus was at half nine. So that was too late. Oh, and I got over there till 11. And so I had to, at a, I don't know actually, I don't know if it was 10, 11, or 12. Um, I had to run home from school at half two, get my bag, and run out the door <clears throat> and be at the bus stop for 20 past three to get the bus to Fingless. Um, and the good thing about that was uh, Auntie Jude was the bus driver. <laughs> um, she was always on that. She was always on that twenty past three bus. So um, and she'd never let me on unless I got a packet of sweets. So I had to run. There was a shop next shop right at the bus stop, and I had to get a packet of sweets for Jude, and she let me on. So then I'd go over and I'd stay. I'd either stay with Jude and Shane, Dara and Owen, or sleep in the Nana's house, down in Grandass house, and then I'd meet up with the three boys, and then we'd walk down to uh, we'd walk down to Aaron's Oil on a Sunday, a Saturday morning, about eight o'clock. And be there for nine, and you know, try and play a game. So um, that was my that was the earliest memories of um, going to Aaron's Oil on the Saturday morning. Do you know what you're touching? On? And that said a few weeks ago that uh, we get that culture back of ex players bringing their kids back. If even if they live in Ashbourne, if they live in Blanche, if they live in the bottom end of Glass and Evan, and trying to get them back yeah. to the Oils and. It's a, it's it's probably it's probably more common to happen in your day than it is now. Yeah, well, <clears throat> you know, there's you you hear of um look, I came over to uh I came over to Johnny Noon and Johnny Noon with me that's Mick Noon's son. So Johnny was in Brisbane and he he said, look, he's going over, and I said, look, I might follow you out in a, a few months and. But Johnny Noonan played like Mick Noonan. Mick Noonan was coach of the uh, the '98 All Ireland team that got to the final. And Mick's a uh, Mick's an Aaron's Oilman. But 
he lived in he lived not far from us in Blanche, but he sent his he sent John and Dave to Bridget's because you know they went to the school with the boys he went to school with they played they went to uh, school in Blanchetown Village, but then they went to play with Bridget's and on the Navin Road. And like I was saying to Dad, why don't these guys? Why don't why don't they never play for the Oils? And he just said, "Well, I don't know. It's just you'd have to ask them." But they were like, they were friends with them, and you know you kind of you're like, "Okay, okay." But then you know if I if I if I could get a bus on a Saturday, it's Friday Friday afternoon to uh, to fingers and sleep me in and then walk down to Ireland's on the Saturday. I think I think somebody could jump in a car on a Saturday morning now with their living in yeah. Ashbourne or. Living in you know further away, you know it's it's easy it's it's easy to get to nowadays where everyone's got a car. I think as a ten eleven year old, um, the logistics of that is actually quite fun for you, was it? Yeah, <laughs> um, it was, and and then <clears throat> as I got older, um, you know, yeah, it was always it was always good, you know, you you you're just waiting for the bus to come around the corner, and you know, gonna see if it's Stewart or not. And you were excited because it was Jewish, because then you could have the chat, <laughs> you know. And I'd sit at the, I'd sit at the, the four seats you get on, and we'd, we'd be talking all the way to Fingless. And then, um, but then when I got older, Fran Leonard then was my Fran Leonard, a uh, Fran, Fran, um, Fran Lawler was the coach, and Fran lived in Blanche as well. And Fran's, Fran's young lad, I think Keen, he's the same. He had mates who played with Castle Knock, but he wanted to play for the Woods. Right. So same thing. He didn't. He didn't go down the path of playing with Castlenock because his mates played there. He wanted to play with the Oils because well, I don't know. He, he might have a. He has a huge connection with the Oils, and he probably seen what Fran done for years. So then Fran would pick me up when I we we play later games when we got older, like 13, 14, 15. <clears throat> we we'd be playing Saturday afternoon, so Fran would pick me up in his back of his car, and I'd, I'd have to get climb into that little uh, little van he had <clears throat> with his all these tools and all that. So. <clears throat> I had a bit of a trek to get over and play for the odds, but it didn't seem to uh, it didn't it didn't seem to worry me as such. And yeah, we had the best of time, best of time uh, with all that. And then yeah, Fran would drop me home and same thing. Back in the van, you know, it was just it was fantastic. There. It was fantastic. Your, your juvenile career with um with oils was it football hurling training, football hurling training, consistently for 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 a decade. Yeah, well, I, I, when my time in my time in Ireland, like I could, I could, I could safely say, <clears throat> sorry, I could safely say, I half my life was in Finglas and half my life was in, you know, lived in, you know, I, I spent half my life in Finglas and half my life in Blanche. <laughs> like I was in Blanche, and you know, you, you, you only live in it, you only there because you live there. But then, like I, I done my apprenticeship in Finglas as well, uh, and then you know, you choose night, you you finish work, but then you just go around the corner to. To, to my nana and granddad's and get dinner and then this is when all of when I had a car and then you just drive to you drive to drive down to um Aaron's Oil and train and then that's a Tuesday and then same on a Thursday and then you know drive over for a game on a Saturday and then you know you're back down the sun you'd probably back down the Sunday to watch another game the junior football or junior hurling game yeah and then in the club after so um then in the club after yeah 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 what uh your apprenticeship your carpenter right Carpenter, yeah. Right. How did that come about? Were you always handy, or did, did you just say I'll, I'll, I'll do it? Yeah, I always <clears throat> dad dad worked in the dad worked in the building sites, and I always wanted. I oh yeah, I always wanted to be a carpenter. 
And um, so it came about that, you know, apprenticeship came up in Finglas. So I just took it and it was good. Like, so, yeah, um, got me trade. And um, I suppose uh, I suppose it was, you know, 2008 <clears throat> when the recession came in, I was, I suppose, was off the, was on the doll there for six or seven months and then got the money for a ticket to Australia. And then I suppose that was it left in 2009. And um, yeah, I suppose that was that was it, really. You you started your own business in Australia as a carpenter, is that correct? Yeah. So when I was working with Mick Mick Clark, um, he he was ward he he done wardrobes, build out wardrobes, bookshelves, bookcases, and all that type of stuff. So um, <clears throat> when I got to Geelong after a few years, I said, "Oh, look, I'd like to give this a go." So yeah, I'm doing that now. It's it's a little bit quiet now at the moment with everything going on, but it, it's not too bad. Uh, I'll see how I go. It's see how I go if, if it all picks up after people get back to work and stuff like that in in Australia and in in Geelong where I am now. So um uh, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. What what made you leave Ireland, John? Yeah, it was the, it was it was um <clears throat> I suppose it was the recession in the way, and I was out of work, and there was no there was there was no it was not you know it was bad. It was it was on the dole. <clears throat> Sorry, I've got a bit of a cough here. Um. I suppose, yeah. Um, I suppose I always wanted to give it a go, and that was a good, good time to give it a go. Um, you know, it was on, as I said, it was on the dole. I got a got a bit of um, redundancy money, so that that helped with 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 spending money and such. And um, so yeah, I suppose the biggest thing was the the two thousand eight recession, and 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 everything that what went on. And yeah, as I said, it was a good chance to go. And like Johnny Noon was over there, so at least I knew someone. I knew someone there, so that was good. Um, and then yes, yeah, well, that was that was just it, really. Did you did you set off with an open mind, or did you have your sights set on settling down, starting a business, and staying over there? No, not at all. I I booked a round the world ticket at the start. To be honest, I I had a I had Melbourne, but I landed in Brisbane. Uh, I think I was going back to New Zealand. Uh. I was going to got my sisters in San Francisco, so I had everything booked to go. This was just a one year trip, so yeah, I, I yeah, I just booked a, 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 a one a year a year around the world as such, and I never made it, never made it over. <laughs> and at the time, I never made it over Australia. It wasn't meant to be. <laughs> no, I don't think it was. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, it was. I suppose the lifestyle over here is just completely different. Like the weather, the the. The 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 weather in autumn, like coming in now, is just it's just fantastic. Like it's just it's just nice, cool days. But you know, summertime can get bad down here. It's windy and it's forty degrees and it's yeah, it's it, it can get it can get bad as well. But the lifestyle here is unbelievable. We're living where I am in Geelong. It's 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 an hour from Melbourne. It's got all what Melbourne has without the without the big city as such. No traffic. Beaches are only a half an hour away. Uh, great lifestyle. It's got Ge- Ge- Geelong Cats. It's the local AFL side, which is huge. It basically keeps the town going. And um, yeah, it's it's just it's a great place to live. I've never I've never been. Uh, I've, I've no reason to be over that direction as of yet. But maybe later yeah. on I'll have some type of reason to go over. My friend, um, my teammate, should I say? You wouldn't call him a friend. He went to Oz about six years ago. And yeah, he's a he's a builder, and he started playing yeah. with a hurling team, and he says it was so warm. All you do was play 
15 on 15 in a match, 20 minutes a half. And at the end of it, he says his first training session, he sat down in the middle of the circle with lads he didn't know, and the manager wheeled a wheelbarrow of bottles of beer into the middle. Mm-hmm. And he said, lads, this is John. He's from Dublin. He played Horland. <laughs> He's a builder. Anyone know how he can get a job? And yeah. half, an hour, half an hour later, he had a van and he had a building side to go on the Monday. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's like it's <clears throat> it's a bit different down here in Geelong, but that's all. That's Melbourne, Sydney, um, Western Australia, Perth. Like they're there, you know, you have to. That's how you get. That's how you get a job. It's to go to a team and they they say, oh, "I'll play for you," but you have to get me a job as such. <laughs> yeah. What well, um, growing up, your biggest influence, your dad was it? Oh, it has to be yeah. Um, dad, Mick, yeah. Um. I suppose he he took me everywhere. Like any 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 time he went to watch a game or play a game, I was with him. Um, so like that was another part of you know get look. I'm really close with own Shane, Dara, like there, because and I suppose Mikey and Connor, because it's like every time I was there, like every time I was in the club, they were there. Yeah, and I suppose you probably seen that. Like if I if I wasn't in the club. Like I'd be with Paragons and I never really probably would have had the relationship with those guys, the cousins, you know. So it's it's yeah, it's probably probably great in a way that I did go to Oils. But yeah, Mick, he was a goalkeeper as well. And um I suppose I I didn't know I was playing goal. Um for football. I, football, yeah. I played outfield yeah. as 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 a you underage, but then um yeah, played a bit in goal, but I always went everywhere with even playing look, he played a lot of soccer on I was out when he was over playing over twenty fives with the local team in Blanche. I was always out at the games and stuff. So really, um, yeah, Mick would have to be my biggest influence. Who who was your coach um, when he played senior football and goal with Oils? Um, so Mick Deegan was the coach. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how old I was. It was probably twenty, maybe twenty twenty one when I played played senior. Um, the keeper that they were there before got sick, and um, yeah, like you, you, you always remember these things. We were sitting in the house. I think it was a Monday night, and um, I was training with the seniors. I was playing intermediate, but I was training with the seniors as well. And Mick, Mick, Mick rang the house. There was no mobile phones or such back then. He rang the house, and Dad answered the phone. And I think he just had a chat with me. Dad saying, "Look, John's, John's right to go on Sunday." So we played the first senior game. We played down the club, Thomas Davis, Division One, uh, and we won. It was huge. It was, I was shaking after the game. Like it was, <laughs> it was just, it was, and like Mick Deegan, like ringing you up to say, "Look, you're um, you're in goal on, on Sunday." Like it was just a fantastic. Lot of it's just a lot of pre- yeah, and yeah, you know, there was no, there was no tees back then, no kicking tees back then. So I was kicking off the ground, and <clears throat> I didn't have the best of kickouts off the ground. Back then, but um, you know, as you're saying, then into the bar afterwards, I can like JJ O'Keefe was full back, and uh, you know, Gary and Owen, Gary and Noel were playing, and I think Wayne McCarthy was playing. It was a big, 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 big win, and you know, to get the win was huge. Like, and Thomas Davis, they were they were they were flying back then as well, so it was it was a huge win. And was you're, you're only 20 after being called up. <laughs> I think yeah, I think I was yeah, I, I was supposed to have a look back, but yeah, twenty twenty one maybe. Uh, and then, you know, we played the same year. We played in the Fiend in the championship, uh, and we were really we were flying, and they were on the way down a bit. 
and we got beaten. We got beaten by a point uh, in Parnell Park. Place was packed. So that was my first experience of championship. We should have. We should have won. We should have won. They got a dodgy. Oh, referee gave a penalty against me. He said it was a foot block, and the the the, the full forward. I think it was Desi Farrell actually. He took a shot. Like he would have been about two meters away from me, and I put my foot out to block it. And he said it was a foot block. And Jason Sherlock, um, I went the right way. I got my fingertips to it, but he got it in the corner. Like, and that was about that was about ten minutes ago. Like, and they, we would have won if they if they hadn't got the penalty. We would have won. Like, and we, what was we, that? yeah, that that. What round was that? What was that? The fourth round of the championship. All right. Knockout straight away. Yeah. Knockout yeah. straight away back then. Yeah. 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 Um, you're a carpenter, so uh, did you prefer to come on to holy stick or the football? Um, I say yeah. I was always yeah. I was always about. I think I was always better football than a holer. Not saying I, I didn't want... like corn, but I think I prefer I prefer playing football. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, you were a cornerback or fullback in the hurling. Is that correct? For the seniors. Yeah, full fullback. I was, I played majority fullback in front of um Derek McCabe, and Jack Spratton. Uh. Jack Spratt played. Jack Jack played a bit back then as well, senior hurling. But yeah, I suppose it's you know. There was a lot of I don't know what the goal is now, but uh, there was about seven of us who played football and horn back then. Jewel, I suppose you know was, back then as well. There was always a bit of oh, just play football, just play football. It's probably still going on now, was it? Yeah, a little bit goes on now, but just the especially when underage people are playing boat. So hopefully that yeah. carries on to the top. Yeah, well that's the thing. Um, like, I suppose, yeah. I, I suppose I, I, who knows what. But we always had, you always, you always enjoyed playing hurling. But we weren't really, you know, when we at that time we were flying like that. Then I don't know if I don't know if the coaches back then didn't like the guys in goal. Like, and they probably wanted you to train. You know, you train hurling one week, football the next week. I suppose, you know, the way we footballers were going really well back then. I don't know if you, you know, you wanted the hurlers, were not so just play football. You know, you know the hurlers aren't well, going well. Um, you know, we need you training two nights a week. You know, we need we need you training like every week, every night of the week, basically in football. Yeah, it's it's um when you're playing in Division One hurling or football, and you have two teams, it's very difficult to juggle the both of them. Very difficult, and then you don't. Very you difficult. know, you, I suppose everything like the club, you, you, you don't want to. You want to, you know, as I said, we weren't really going well hurling, but um, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to ditch the hurling because you know, or prefer playing football, like, but you know, that's. Yeah, you hope it doesn't go that way anymore. No, hopefully you have two Division One hurling football teams and maybe four or five dual players, and then make a good lash at the championships every year. That's it. That, so. That's yeah. That's that's the that's the hope, isn't it? What's the What's the difference between a uh, GAA culture in Australia and Ireland? Um. I suppose where we are now in Geelong, it's I played I played a bit in Brisbane as well. It's it's pretty laid back as such. Um, well, they can't say that about a few teams in Melbourne that they're full on like they're, they're bringing out lads and bringing out lads from Ireland and getting them jobs as such. So it's not some of them take the fun out of it if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. In Geelong, in Geelong, we we have to really rely on the Australian boys and girls to play at, at senior level. That is. 
we um at the moment with our lads, we've let's say we've got twenty five on the on the on the panel. Um, you know, ten, twelve of those are Australian. Never played the game before until we started the club up there a few years ago. Like, um, really, really, um, yeah, really, really laid back as such. And, but like you know, uh, it's just because of the weather. Like we're playing, we're playing in summer sometimes as well. And it's just fantastic just to play Gaelic football in the summer. Yeah, you know, beautiful, beautiful evenings and you know, big competitions in Melbourne at the start of the year, uh, and then games in Geelong. I suppose we have to, as I said, we have to really rely on the uh, Aussies to play because we don't have the Irish. We don't have the Irish in Geelong as the Melbourne teams and the Sydney teams have. Like the girls, the St. Kevin's there in Melbourne, like before Christmas, they had they had nearly 60, 70 girls training every night of the week. Oh, God. It's crazy. The same with Pierce's. They they'd have they'd have maybe fifty, and you know Kevin's and the the, and the lads as well. They'd have 40, 50, 60 lads training every night of the week. We we don't need you, you set up. You set up the girls, didn't you? Or is that is that true? Yeah. Well, me and me and one of the other lads, Nigel, Nigel, Maxi, um, so the, the Geelong Geelong Football Club is such. Um, it's been going since nineteen fifty two, and but as things go, a small town like the Irish come and go. So, like, the club in the 50s went for five or six years then faded off because there was no work in Geelong. So, all the Irish went to, I think they all went to New Zealand. Then it was, didn't get back on until the 70s. Then the same thing, uh, you know, people went away. Same in the 80s, the 90s, and then early 2000s. You know, it happens, it goes for five years, then it stopped. So, then when I got to Geelong in, what would it be, in 2011-ish, you know, I was asking around, and um, you know, oh, there's no, there's nowhere, there's no, there's no game of football. So I just, I played soccer for a, a year or two, and then, you know, as 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 you go along in Geelong, and then you you meet these people, and oh yeah, there's Paddy and Mick, and yeah, and oh well, do you play football? You know, I just asked, do you play football at all? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then we just said we put a load of names and piece of paper. We said, look, there's enough there to at least get a training, couple of training sessions going. So we got the training up and running, and um. Yeah, so we just we basically, you know, we we, we we say we reformed the club, but we basically started the club off from scratch. You know, we got a new crest going, got new jerseys. You know, um, only with the only only started off the men's at that stage for the first three or four years. We tried to get the ladies up and running, but you know, at the AFL, the the the, the football in the AFL ladies wasn't going then, so it wasn't really girls playing any football as such. So we just said, oh, okay, we'll just give the men's a go. So. We were getting hockeyed. We 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 were driving with the driving up the Gaelic Park there in Melbourne. Like we were getting hockeyed left, right, and centre. Like we were getting not hammered, with, getting hammered with forty points, like not even scoring. So oh. we we struggled for the first three or four years, five years, big time. Like, and we <clears throat> it wasn't up until about three years ago. Like I, I was asking the teams in Melbourne, like, what's the goal? Have you got enough for a second team? Like, could we'll start an intermediate team, an intermediate competition up? And they said, yeah, 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 okay, okay. So. Like, if that didn't happen, like we probably would have t- taken a step back and probably just made it a social club as such. But we had enough numbers. They had enough numbers. There was three teams up there had enough numbers to start a second team, which was great. So our first game in intermediate, we actually won. So I think we counted back. It was over a thousand days from our first game to that intermediate game uh, that we got our first win. It was huge. We won by a point. You could have easily, you could have easily packed your bags and just gave up on it. Easily, it was totally in the back of my mind. But 
like during the during the first couple of years, it was it, the lads just wanted the game of football. Like, and I suppose the, the lads in Geelong are only we're only in Geelong because you know we've got a job and you know married kids. The majority of us settled here in Geelong. It's not like the yeah. teams in Melbourne. The teams in Melbourne just have blokes, young lads, 20, 21 year olds coming through every couple of months. You know, oh, I haven't got a job, so I'll, I'll shoot off and get my second JVs and they, they, they go up to, again, they go up to Cairns or whatever and do the, the land, the farm, the farming. But the majority, mm-hmm. the majority of us here in Geelong, we're all, as I said, we're all married and kids and houses yeah. and settle down. Settle down. And um, you just have a grasshoppers as well. Is that correct? That's yeah. Um, we so over the last couple of years, it, it's funny how these things happen. Like we, you know, this is again this this is what I see in social media, and you know the good things about social media. Like you, you, you like all the you try and like all the on you're on Twitter, and you're kind of like all the the GA teams around the world, and you're just seeing what other other people are doing, other clubs are doing, you know, and then you you see what the oils are doing, and then look. The Geelong Gale, the grasshoppers, like it rhymes a bit with Geelong Gale, so Geelong Gale's grasshopper. So, you know, I just ran a past a few of the guys and uh, they said, yeah, go for it. But, it, it, you know, it, how it really started was like, we, we, were, we had a family day there, Christmas breakup, and we had, we would have had 20 of the kids down. And they were all kids of, they were all, you know, ex, uh, kids of expats who, 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 who all now live in Geelong. And, you know, they're all just playing football. They're all wearing the county jerseys of where the mother and father was from. I said, I think we're onto something here, guys. And, you know, and then you sit back and say, look, we're all getting hauled here. You know, a GEA club, you know, to, to, to survive, you need to have the youth coming through. You know, we said, OK, let's 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 try to give this a go. And they, they were all playing. Now, on the first day there, the, the family, they were all kicking the ball. like they, They've kicked their all their lives. And it was great to see. And then, as I said, we just said, OK, I think we should try something here. So... You know, the following the following October, November as such, um we, 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 we set up our grasshoppers and then so we 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 can't go. So we as I said, we're coming into winter now. So that's the, all the guys and the girls, they all play AFL, so we can't, we couldn't compete with that. So we, we have our we have our grasshoppers over our summer. So um, you know, December uh, October, October, yeah, October when they're not playing anything and they're not playing cricket. So it's October, November and like the first the first couple of weeks, we had 80, 80 kids down every Sunday morning. Whoa, pretty nice. Oh, it was, it was yeah. And as, as I said, like, you know, if you've nothing coming through, no kids coming through, you may forget about it because the way we were going, like, I'm nearly, I'm 26, you know, and they were all at that age and we're not getting any younger. So we need these kids coming through to help us out in time. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't have a structure in place, it won't happen. No. And I suppose the big, the biggest, the biggest, um, the biggest achievement of the club as well. We said we set up a ladies team as well, but like we had a a, a fail at such a youth youth games there last last November, and we had had one hundred and fifty kids take part, and those are from the girls, a couple of local schools, a couple of teams from Melbourne, and and like with the skills, like they'd never played Gaelic football before, so. We 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 counted up that we had about 140 kids that day who never played Gaelic football before on the day. How many did you keep? <laughs> well, we got the <laughs> the kids. So Ryan, who was a coordinator, um, he he's a school teacher, so he he organised the kids from his school, and they all love it. 
Excellent. They all love it, especially especially the um, especially the, the I suppose the parents love it more than the kids. So it's because with the AFLW and the with the AFLW, so that's the AFL women's. A lot of yeah. a lot of it's only after starting. It's get it's got a lot of criticism over the last few years because you know these 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 people say oh they can't tackle so you know with the sling tackling they're getting they're getting slung to the ground and their heads are hitting the ground and um you know sweating the men's as well but especially in the ladies and the ladies are doing ankles they're doing ACLs and then they say oh and then the parent comes up to you and they say oh what's the go with the tackling and you're like oh well you can't tackle and their eyes light up like oh why why can't you tackle? it's not in a game and they and then after a few weeks they go this game this this game is this Gaelic football is fantastic because it's faster than AFL you can't tackle and the skill there was more skills and they love it they love it well, waiting they are introduced waiting until they're introduced to Horland <laughs> yeah well that's the thing we've got the Horland set up as well but you know the kids the kids they they, they love the Gaelic football and I suppose it's in summer as well it's not it's not the bad weather. And um, as I said, the parents, the parents of the girls, as more, they just love, they love the Gaelic football. As I said, because you can't tackle, and the kids, you know, and you know, parent on the sideline, you, you, you don't want to see your, you don't want to see your 12, 12, 13 year old girl getting slung tackled to the ground. It's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a great look. So that's one thing we do have. That's one thing we do have over the AFL as such, because it's uh, like GEA in general. It's, there's no tackling in the Gaelic football. Well, that's good. Yeah, it, it's it'll um it'll help parents keep their kids involved in sport. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I think Where um have you been home to order much? Uh, yeah, I've been home a few times. Um, oh, I suppose maybe oh, ten or twelve times, maybe over the eleven years now that I've been here. It's a it's a long journey, chasing. It's twenty four hours on the plane. Two one over and back, and I'm not the best of flyers. I don't. I'm not. I I I, oh, I can't stand flying. We take a few volume there now on the plane. Yeah. We take a few volume there on the way on the way yeah. over. There's nothing wrong with that. Twenty four no. hours. It's a painful trip now. Yeah, yeah, yeah what, you know. What was some... Go on, sorry. Go on. No, go on, sorry. I suppose it's, you know, if you get. If you get to stop over in Singapore, like it's seven hours, and then seven hours to Dubai, depending on what flight uh, plane you go on or air, air, airline, and then seven, so like seven, seven, seven. But I rather, I'd rather go the full fourteen to uh to Dubai, just get it over and done with. Just um, yeah, you're up in the age, you might as well just stay up there. In a uh, in 2014, um, a few of your Irish friends, companions, went over. To you for when you were married, what was that feeling like to see all your close friends and relatives there? Oh, that from, came over. Oh, it was unreal. It was, it was probably the best two or three weeks now that I've had in Australia. Um, <clears throat> but they all came over in dribs and drabs, like so. Some of them just flew straight to Cairns as such, and then travelled down the east coast. Um, some came here for you know a week, and then the wedding, and then they went off. Uh, but I think we had. 20, nearly 28 people in total came from Ireland and the States I mean, my auntie Angela and um, Porrick and then my sister Anne-Marie Angela came from Boston Anne-Marie came from San Francisco but um, but the, yeah it was, it was just it was great it was great it was it was, it was very um, it was a great great time to have as such you know we had 
we had a we had drinks the night before the wedding, then a big session on the Sunday, and then you know it was just it was just great. It was fantastic. Everyone had a great time. You know, it was August. It wasn't as, the weather wasn't as bad. We were going to do it at Christmas time, but we were afraid that the Irish wouldn't go too well in the heat. <laughs> so we are talking. What was the come down? What was that? Sorry. What What was the come? What was the come down after that? I said there's a few tears shedding. They're all gone. Yeah, no, nah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, I think mixed that around. Special. Yeah, it was special. Mixed that around for a while. Uh, you know, they all went off different times, and um, yeah, it was just this. The Sunday afterwards, like, you know, we're all we're all here having the barbecue. Uh, you know, I had a pool table back then in the house. I mean, we were just playing pool all day, playing for money, like, and it was just the crack was unbelievable. Yeah, playing playing killers for little things, isn't it? We played killers for about four. I think we played killers for about four hours straight. Just sipping over beers. Oh, the lads were in the pool room, and then the women were in the in the living room, all just having the chat. And we were out here, <laughs> and it was just it was like Connor and Mikey, whatever age they were, they were loving it. It was just it was unreal. It's fantastic. And Connor's doing the carpentry now as well. Connor's, Connor's doing the carpentry. Yeah, very very impressed with his uh, the work he does send on to be there. I suppose that's the that's the sad thing is if you you know living over here is you you know especially with family you, you miss seeing the people. You miss seeing those the boys grow up and you know my cousins, my nephew, niece and nephews and at home. You know it's it's Australia is good, but it's bad in a way. As I said, like you you, you miss you you miss you miss the kids growing up, um, especially like Mikey and Connor. Like they were always really close to those guys, and you know you miss them playing football and horn and growing up. You know doing their apprenticeships or whatever. You know Mikey walking in the bar, <laughs> to whatever he's doing, and then. Um, you know, yeah. it's just yeah, it's it's it, that's you miss family all the time. Not not homesick as such, um, but, but no, it, it dawns on you sometimes. It does, and I suppose it hit me there. I wasn't home so homesick as such there last year when the the it was the boys twenty first, but Jimmy was born. Jimmy was born four weeks before that, and I was asked to coach the um the men's native. The Australian native born team for the World Games in Waterford. Did you hear? Did you, did you, you know about that? No. So the World Games are every three years in Ireland or around the world. And then um, the GEA World Games. And then, um, you know, I was asked the coach, but I kind of said, oh, look, I'll see how I go. But uh, I'll have to, I don't know if I can go because of, because of the baby. But the game started on the Monday and on the Saturday before that was the boys 21st and I, I was like oh. you know seeing all the videos and we had four lads from Geelong who made the team that played for so this is a native born team like you can only there's a world there's a game for just all Irish and then there's a competition for all native born people so native born from uh, Australia France Spain Italy uh you know, South America, Argentina, they all played in this one big competition. And we had four lads who made the who made the um Australasian team, which was fantastic. So yeah, that was the you know, I was asked to coach that. So it would have been a week in Waterford, but then on the Saturday, you know, you missed the boys twenty fourth and then you know Mikey send you videos and Connor send you videos and everyone was there. So that 
I wasn't home. I said I wasn't homesick as such, but I, I think I really wanted to be there that that week and that for those two weeks or whatever. But yeah, you you, you were there in spirit. I was. Would have said. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's your favorite auntie? Jude or Clear? <laughs> who's your favorite auntie? Oh, it's a tough question. I'll have to go. Um, I'll have to go with Jude. <laughs> Because <laughs> you pick me up on the, the bus, bus every day. day. <laughs> I know. Um, what's what's your favorite? Claire's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, they're both lovely. They're both lovely. Um, what's your favorite score you've ever seen? Favorite sport I've ever seen. No score. What's your favorite score you ever seen? Actually, I suppose that was. I was actually at the game uh, when when Joe Canning scored that goal when he caught it when he was facing the wrong way do you know that one? and he just yes in Crow Park he caught it near his hip oh, was that, oh, he was, oh, he was, oh, I don't know what it was home for I think yeah uh, whatever or whatever it was home for oh, I was at the game and I was like I was in line with the goal as such and I remember just the ball came over obviously caught it facing the wrong way Facing the wrong way to goal, just one torn bang. That was like unreal. It was unreal, wasn't it? Unreal that goal. That. That's a famous. That's a famous score. Who Who's your favorite player in football or hurling? Just in, in yeah, we go we go football. Who's your favorite footballer? Um, I don't know who my favorite footballer is. Over the time. I always had a soft spot, soft spot for Sean Og the Prayer. Played with Galway. He was a halfback oh, for really? Galway. He's from he's from Carroll in uh in the Connemara, and that's where that's where you know Jude uh, Jude mom, the mix family mother and father are from. They're from Connemara as well, and their Carroll's not too far from Lethamore, where where my grandparents are from, and then I suppose the Hordens. I, yeah, I think Joe Cannon's probably the best holder I've ever seen. Yeah, especially he's in air, in air, um, air oh, just anyway. just the sidelines. Like he just that, those sidelines he does. It just doesn't. It just he doesn't even look like he's trying. And then like you do that, you do that. You sure you do that as a kid? Like you, you know, and you know you get frustrated because you can't do it. Like this fella does it for fun. Yeah, he's a, he's a freak. I remember that game against Cork when Galway lost and he scored 2 14 yeah. out of 2 16, yeah. something like that. Oh, class. What, what's your favourite sport? Um, oh, Gaelic games are such. Gaelic games. All right. Uh, and hobbies? Any hobbies away from work? Um, I just love getting out to the shed, just making stuff up. You know, just carpenter oh, just comes out, you know, you know, Cecily says, Oh, can we get this? And I said, Oh, I'll try and make it up and I'll go out and make it. As <laughs> <laughs> either in the I done an apprenticeship as a motor mechanic for Mercedes. And I'm brutal yeah. with my hands. I never I've been I, I left now, but um I I that's my worst mm. nightmare now. Out in the shed making things. Up. No, I love it. I love 
But uh, it's a nice hobby. If it makes, if it lets, if it helps you relax and switch off and be creative, well, that's it, keep yeah. doing it. Yeah, as long as you mean, can. especially these times, you know, yeah. you know, you can't. There's no football. You can't meet the lads. You know, you're doing, you're doing the same things as other people are doing. You're having the Zoom quizzes, so you know, just jump out into the shed and try and make something up yeah. or whatever, and you know, just keeps you keeps you ticking off as such. What uh, what social media platforms are you on? So yeah, I'm 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 no good on the Insta. I'm personally I'm no good on the Insta. I don't know how to work Instagram, um, Facebook, and Twitter, but. As I said, okay. you kind of, I've done a few drills there and challenges for the kids and the grasshoppers over the last few weeks. Again, that's just from social media. It looks looking up social okay. media. You know, Kieran, Kieran Kilkenny's just, he, he, does he have a day job, that fella? <laughs> Every time you look on Facebook or Twitter, he's doing something yeah. for the kids. He's, it's fantastic. He's studying. He's, he's, he's studying to be a no, is he, yeah? teacher. That's, yeah, yeah. So um, just on those ones, the basic ones. Right, Instagram and Twitter. Right, well, look, um, I'm after taking up 50 minutes of your Oz time and probably our bedtime. Well, it's not as well too bad here. now, it's it's only half seven. Ah, oh, lovely. So, yeah, you, you'll get it, you'll get to watch something now yeah. before you go to sleep. I won't, well, yeah, I won't but keep you on too long. there's no way I fell on, so um, you can't watch yeah. any footy. <laughs> well, JR, um, I've yeah. never met you, but I feel like. I feel like I know you just through club stories and now our little conversation here. So best to look on the future and uh, keep doing what you're doing. And hopefully one day in the oils or one random place will bump into you and we can have a nice, a nice chat about well, all things GAA. I was, spo- yeah, well, I was supposed to be home in June, yeah. but that's cancelable. So I'll, I'll definitely be home next year. Right. Well, look, it, when you are, well, uh, I'll make sure I make it me, me business to say hello to you face to face, not good. over a phone. Well, thanks, JRE, and I'll uh, I'll share this with uh, I'll share this on the talk with Jay platform and to the club members, and um, maybe maybe next Tuesday I'll let them enjoy their bank holiday weekend. Good on you, Jay. Thanks, Jay. Right? Well, thanks bye. for coming bye. on. Thanks, John. Thanks. <laughs>